0: dog dies i've been wondering forever does oh, dope die how does God. dope die are they going to kill the call of duty dog <laughs> Oh, he looks like he's gonna be all right oh maybe not
1: this is the enemy slime podcast episode 12 jared are you here oh i am i am more here than i should be michael are you here i'm just regular here jay's here right Yar. Okay, we all survived nice. Halloween. Spooky. I'm not sure how we managed that, considering how spooky it was. Sometimes it looked grim. Um,
0: yes. for the, For the most part, things were good. I turned off my lights this year, and for the first time, I think every trick or treater understood what that meant.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why nobody came to my door.
0: I had all the lights off. I was just playing Batman. <laughs> Did you like have a bowl of candy like ready to go, and then no. No. And then you'd like eye it longingly, occasionally, and be like, I hope nobody comes. If I had any candy, I'd probably just eat it. Mm. So I'm going to eat all of that candy. Yeah. What's everyone's favorite Halloween candy? I mean, I think the best one to get like in your bag is mm. uh, is probably the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Or do you want like a specific, like a Halloween themed candy? Because that changes no, this, things. If,
2: if you were to go out trick-or-treating today, what would you hope to get in your in your bag
0: okay you want to know it would blow my fucking mind if i got it in my bag well oh no no you've opened the door here go for it i'm gonna tell you right now it's a uh it's a cadbury cream egg (laughs) and that sounds uh that sounds unrealistic but if you were if you kept a close eye out this year they released cadbury scream eggs (laughs) spooky (laughs) which are just which are just cadbury cream eggs with with green in the middle but i'm a firm believer that uh, all the best candy is not associated with Halloween. It is actually attached to Easter. Probably. I think, I think Easter. Expand. Well, so um, this is either a, a love it or throw up uh, from it, but Peeps. Uh, God, I knew you were going to say Peeps. How did you know? Because it's the other Easter candy, of course. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, more because you said either love it or throw up, and I'm of the latter category.
0: I know. It's it's like clowns where it's cool to hate it. You know, It's cool to be like, oh, I'm scared of clowns. No, you're not, you wuss. You can eat them just fine. It's a fucking marshmallow.
1: I got to yeah, say, I, I don't like a lot of candy just because me and chocolate don't agree. So even when I like the taste of chocolate, which is kind of half and half, it's it doesn't sit well in my stomach. So I pretty much just stick with fruity stuff which they don't he, usually plop into your halloween bag very often he's a skittles man yeah i like skittles fruit I, candy is the best i don't mind tasting the rainbow from time to time <laughs> we've got a little bit of news i guess i mean we already posted or i already posted on the website but uh and i thought this was a little bit interesting at least more interesting than the 2ds was the wii mini which is like a phenomenally good price considering you're getting like a game and it's only like a 100 bucks so you're almost already paying nothing for the console itself
0: you know um people are kind of uh hating on it a little bit because it doesn't have internet access it doesn't have internet functionality at Uh, all i didn't know that yeah that's that's kind of its big drawback is it's just a budget system and i think it has the last firmware made available to the wii and uh and then it's just it, it can't connect to the Internet. So but I think what those people are forgetting is that there's nothing fun to do with the Wii on the Internet. Right.
1: That's what I was going to say. Name one game that you played on the Internet. Uh, you could play really slow Smash Brothers. Yeah, you could, you could play Smash Brothers where the delay was like three seconds. And that's if mm-hmm. you could get connected to anybody at all. But that is a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's edgy red and black, which I'm sure everybody loves. I don't know who doesn't really have a Wii. Like, who doesn't have a Wii who wants one, I would say.
0: That's kind of the thing I was wondering. I mean, at this point, it's kind of late for that. I was going to say, I have two, and with the Wii U's backwards compatibility, I have three. So, I don't think I need any more Wiis. I do wonder if this is going to potentially ruin some poor kid's Christmas, because he's going to tell Grandma he wants the Wii U, and uh, Grandma's going to think that like that ooh on the end was just a weird speech impediment that her child has. (laughs) And so she'll go out and be like, I'll take I'll take one Wii, please. And uh, and boom. And and the the guy will be like, which one do you want? She'll be like the new one. Well, this is the newest one we have. Well, this is the newest one. It just came out. Well, (laughs) I've seen you play the games on the Wii U. That kid dodged a bullet there. (laughs) (laughs) Some some of them are pretty good. Like I I maintain that the Wii U is a a cool system. Same one. Nintendo Land is great. If you have like five people over and you okay, play, name, and, name two. Uh, well, I'm hoping <laughs> that we party you will be the
1: next one, but I haven't actually cracked it open yet. Actually, right. Wayne Brady approved. That reminds me. Is anybody else feeling odd about that? What's What's that new Mario game called? Mario 3D World. Yeah, it looks new... a little weird. I don't know. It just looks odd. Do you not? You have a problem trusting up as a kitty cat? Um. Well, you know, it's just a little silly hearing Mario go meow meow. But I think uh, you mean cute. Well, yeah, it's very. What's, kawaii, what's, what's but... not cute about a short Italian fat man dressing up in a kitty suit? Please tell me that. I mean, I guess we see it every year at conventions everywhere, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, I, it's just... I think
1: it'll it'll be cool. It it's uh, it didn't grab
0: that... me like Galaxy did. I guess is what I'm saying. I think uh, if you want to talk news for today, I think that's the last Mario game that Miyamoto is intending on uh, actually having some kind of hands-on involvement with. Oh, good oh. for him. So, <laughs> Gotta <laughs> move on someday. Moving on to, uh, to something else.
3: Well, I mean, I'd be pretty excited to see what he comes up with next. You know, these developers that... Uh kind of released the old classics and then those old classics just went on and on and on and stopped being classics and then they went off to do new projects and the new projects have always been pretty good he he came up with pikmin by
0: working in his garden so i think what i'd like him to do next is like go
1: to a strip club (laughs) (laughs) we'll just see what we see what we get that's very interesting that he does that, though, that he draws all of his, like, game ideas, or I presume most of his game ideas from real life, because I think most game developers just say, I want to make a game where I can do this, and he's just like, oh, I'm out gardening. It's like, well, most game developers would never be outside gardening, so
3: <laughs> that he, sounds he has, like a, has an advantage in that way. It sounds like Nintendo's philosophy in general, because, you know, the guy that made Pokemon was like, you know, I got this idea of catching bugs, yeah. so... <laughs>
1: How do we even want to touch bugs?
3: Yeah, <laughs> bugs are bugs are neat. Do you want to talk
0: about Sonic? Is it, yeah, sure. We can uh, we can talk about Sonic. So that's what that's what I've been playing this week is is Sonic uh, Lost World, and uh, I had I had Michael over, so he can attest to how good it is. Uh, I'll he, I'll save my comment for the end. Well, so um, I guess I I'll tell you a little bit about Sonic. Um. It kind of this this particular Sonic release uh, riffs off Super Mario Galaxy a little bit. It's impossible to not mention Super Mario Galaxy because it's got a lot of the same kind of stuff. Where you'll be on like a sphere, for example, uh, and and all the gravity's in the center of the sphere, and you you can run around it and in circles. And um, there's there's a lot of that sort of stuff. And for the most part, it all controls pretty good. Most of the levels are are not spherical. Most of them are. I guess the way to describe them is pill-shaped. Um, cylindrical. Yeah, cylindrical. There you go. <laughs> um, hey, not the best with my uh, geometry here. Capsules, if you will. But yeah, so they're, they're all kind of set up like that, and you basically run from one end of it uh, to the other end of it. And what's nice about the way it's designed is you can run over the top of the, the cylinder, but you could also just walk around to the bottom, and there's an entirely different course for you to run through. The game's problems begin, I would say, almost immediately when you realize that the game's tutorial system is as, as fucking insane as it is. While you're running, and bear in mind that that's what you want to do, right? This is a Sonic game. You want to run. You want to go, go really quick. But plus, you want since to go it's a modern Sonic game, you know that you won't be able to. You want to go fast. <laughs> and uh, as you go fast, you'll see a little icon pop up on the screen that tells you that there's a tutorial that you can read. And the only way to read that tutorial is to find that icon on the gamepad that you can't just like push a button on the controller. You have to actually look down at the gamepad and press a button there, which is already unintuitive because you're taking your eyes off the action. You can easily these don't like pop up in clear straightaways. They pop up. You know, there can be an enemy right in front of you. And so you got to jump into them really quick. Um, If you run past wherever this is triggered, it just disappears. And you can get it back by just turning around and going back to where you saw it. But that's not fun. There's, there's no fun in that. It would have been better if you just ran forward and the game forced it to pause and then showed you the helpful tip. Or, or maybe even better, just an on-screen prompt. But because it's on the Wii U, they need some, any excuse to use that
1: gamepad. So they're like, well, let's just put it down there you know what a sonic game really needs these days is like instead of this whole shit where oh you knocked into something and now you have to stop and now you have to like run backwards or whatever why don't they just put in i mean i know it's been used already but why not just put in like a time travel feature where you time travel back like a two or three seconds then you just run through it again or something like that it doesn't throw you completely off i mean like i said
0: the tutorials are busted and 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 to build on that the issue is that you really kind of need the tutorials. Like You can read the manual and pretty much get the hang of everything. But uh, you have two buttons that make you jump. There's A and B on the controller. Both of them make you jump. But only tapping A twice will do the homing attack. And so my finger just more naturally falls on B. I missed the very first tutorial that told me about the homing attack. And so I spent like a bizarre chunk of the game trying to figure out like at least a good 15-20 minutes trying to figure out why the hell I couldn't do the homing attack and I finally just had to dig out the manual for the game and figure it out that way. I probably never would have figured it out but you can only beat the bosses with the homing attack you can't uh, there there are a couple other little like cheap ways but they take forever the homing attack will knock them out in like 3 hits but uh, if you use Sonic's other moves like a spin dash to hit them they'll they'll get hit but it takes like 17-20 hits to take them down and so it's just it's ridiculous. It's not fun. The bosses are really like trial and error. And the big problem, my, my biggest issue with the game is that uh, it still has lives. It's a platformer that still tracks lives. Uh, so you start the game with four lives, five if you count zero, because it does still count zero as a live. If you lose off all, all four of them, then you get a game over and you get kicked back out to the overworld. Uh, No matter where you were in the map, no matter what was going on, you get kicked back out to the overworld. And it's annoying as shit because you could play like a hard level where you lose three lives and then you go play an easy level and you get all the way to the boss, but you don't know how to beat the boss because it's all trial and error based. And so you die. And because you lost all your lives on the level prior to it, you'll get kicked out
1: and have to start all over again. Is it even possible for a Sonic game to work in a modern way like... Because every single Sonic game fails, and the only Sonic games that anybody can really agree are any good or maybe like the originals. Maybe That's Sonic just
3: can't be updated. I think it can be updated. I think what happens each time is they just add all this frivolous stuff to it, you know, instead of... um Tweaking the actual mechanics into anything fun, like it's like you said. You said you said you know it should be more about speed. You know there should still be a little platforming. Like if you, re- if you remember the original like the original Sonic games, you did have those sections where you could open up Sonic a little bit, but there was always a little bit of platforming involved. And it sounds to me like whoever's responsible for it now, I don't know if it's Sonic Team or whatever. Yeah, it uh, is. But it sounds like they just need to stop adding on all this additional crap that just makes it not fun. And every time. They try something else that's completely ineffective. It's like, oh, yeah, Sonic has a sword now or Sonic's a werewolf now. And it's like, no one wants that crap. And it usually detracts, well, detracts well, from the Someone game.
1: wants that. <laughs>
3: no one no, no, sort of well, they, they never, care to talk to. It's like they never return to those ideas, so they must not be working.
0: I would say that this is one of the more stripped-down Sonic games that I've played for a while, maybe with the exception of Generations, uh, which which is also pretty pretty bare-bones. But like this doesn't have any of that nonsense like the the characters in the game are just these normal bad guys and and sonic and tails there's no like girl that he falls in love with or you know any any kind of weird unnecessary stuff there it's it's a very stripped down very bare bones edition i guess if you do want to talk about uh useless shit being added in uh now sonic can do parkour and (laughs) And if there was ever a character dying to do parkour, it was Sonic. And and you do parkour very much the way you do it in like Assassin's Creed, where you just hold one of the triggers, which is also the run button. And uh, by the way, this game has a run button, which also kind of blows my mind. Like, <laughs> Shouldn't that to, be the default? Right. To me, Sonic should just always be running, but not now. Uh, But you hold this down, and when you run into a wall, Sonic will grab it and climb it. And the problem with this is that there are a lot of walls that you can just jump over, and it's always, always, always faster to jump over it than it is to do the parkour up it. (laughs) Like, the, the parkour is so slow and just so dumb.
2: As Jared said, he had me over this weekend and showed me how it played, and I think it's actually one of the few games where it's more fun to watch than to play. And I was pretty depressed the whole time he was playing it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's um, the best levels are actually on rails like the best levels are the ones where it just forces the speed because they actually built like some kind of flow into it they don't make you stop to do like an elaborate jump puzzle they just built it in it's kind of like um, the levels that I'm talking about kind of play like Temple Run you know, where your character's always running. There's nothing that you can I hate to say it, but that's what Sonic would, would do best at is a game like Tempo Run, where he's just going and you're just having, you know, a little bit of control over over how he runs and, and how to manipulate him. Um, but I don't I don't think that there's ever been a good three D
3: Sonic game. Um, I don't know. I think I think if you were to focus on some kind of speed mechanic, you know, treat it like a racing game almost. It's like the faster you go, the more things blur behind you, all that kind of stuff. Oh, you know?
0: One of the better Sonic games is the racing game, the, the <laughs> kart racing I mean,
3: Yeah, but I'm not saying like making an actual racing game. I'm saying treating the mechanics it's like, you know. You're playing GTA, and then if you get a fast car and really open it up, you see the landscape just kind of speed past you. That's I think, what they
1: need to do with Sonic. I think we can all agree that Sonic's best appearance this year is going to be Mario and Sonic Winter Olympics.
3: Yeah, I mean, it'll
0: probably be better than than this. Because it has Mario. One, well, there's Olympics. <laughs> um,
3: actually, there's actually a fan game for Sonic that I played.
0: Oh, yeah, um, I remember that.
3: It was pretty good. What was you it know, called? better than anything Sonic Team did.
0: What was the name of it?
3: Uh, I forget the name of it right now. I can find out. Uh, it, it
0: was just 2D, though. It kind of serves two, my point. Was, and I don't even think... I, I went back and played Sonic 2 again because I still listed is as one of my favorite games because I played it just a ton as a kid. And I don't even think it's a very good game in retrospect. Like I, I played it all the way to completion and beat it, and I don't even see how it's possible to beat that frigging game. Because <laughs> um, the last boss is just so asinine. Like It never... I beat it using just emulator save states because it would have taken me years to not beat it. You know, to beat it any other way. Um, Wait,
3: the death egg boss.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's the giant robot. It's a
3: big. Yeah, that's not too hard. How the fuck
0: do you hit him without getting hit back? I still don't know. <laughs> well, you have said you're bad at games, and no, I'm great at games. <laughs> I'm an A plus because I listen to all you pusses who can't can't beat Blade Wolf. I'm a great fucking. Hey. hey. I killed Blade Wolf. Shut up about that. I'm exquisite.
2: (laughs) Not my fault the game didn't give me the tools I needed to do my job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A bad artist blames his tools.
3: (laughs) Well, if anyone is interested, this fan game is free. It's called Sonic After the Sequel, so check it out. Wait, it's called Sonic After the Sequel? (laughs) Yeah, because I think this guy did, like, another one before this one but that's the best you could come up with so it should be called like Sonic Sequel Sequel Sonic Sequel Sequel whatever it's a good
0: game check it out uh, well, there's one Sonic game I never played it because I just knew it was going to be bad Um, uh, it was called Sonic and the Secret Rings I thought it was called Sonic and Arabian Nights for some reason <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: I but it has. it does have a genie
0: Yeah, it has some Arabian Nights theme uh, running through it, I think. I never actually played that one, so maybe that's the good one. Maybe that's the the perfect, perfect excellent one. Uh, Yeah, wouldn't recommend it. I would advise you to not play it. Uh, I hate to be the person who keeps saying this, but uh, Rayman Legends does Sonic 10,000 times better than Sonic. Uh, Those music levels that I keep going on and on about... (laughs) Those those manage to maintain a flow. You feel like you're going fast, but you are always in control of the character. And Sonic, it feels like you are never in control of him, especially on a lot of, like, there are some ice levels in the middle of the game that are just miserable, because he was already hard to control, and now he's skating everywhere and sliding everywhere. Oh, oh goody. What fun to try and guide sliding Sonic away from Spikes. What a blast.
3: It just sounds like you don't like video
0: games. (laughs) I just fucking hate this game. I don't like it. (laughs) There's nothing good about it. There are a couple times I had fun, so I guess I can't say that. Um, But like I said, they were mostly like the Rails levels, the ones where it was locked into place. And uh, even those I have some issue with. But uh, I think if it got rid of the lives, if it it lets you just play from the last checkpoint, no matter how many times you died... I think I'd be a lot more forgiving of it. But the game is just so hard to predict what's going to happen next that it's really not fair that you give me a, a, a finite number of tries. And uh, I feel like it's it was just done to like pad out the length or something like that. Because it's not very long. There's not a ton of levels. I think there's seven worlds, I want to say. Each one has
1: four or five levels. Well, that's just you being bad because, you know, it's hearkening back to the, the days of yore when... You know, you had to use 100 continues to beat a game. You just but can't appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that's my point is it's not fun. That's not fun. <laughs> That's you why we can, got rid of that. Seven <laughs> seven year old you convinced you yourself that you were having. Because <laughs> it was the only game you had. But you weren't having fun, and, and Sonic
3: fans think, are I, are going to be I, mad. I think you were having fun. I think it's like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. We just didn't know any better at the time.
0: Well, but you were you were having fun because you didn't know that there was another way to have fun. It was like because well they hadn't, they I, hadn't
3: designed it yet.
0: I guess I have I to play this done. right. And so that's my point is like I I guess now that I've played a game like Rayman Legends, I can't play a game like Sonic. It's terrible uh, by comparison and it's it's counterintuitive to fun. Why play it when I have a bunch of bonus levels I could go play in Rayman that are like a good time? I I don't like this game. It it I'm agonized every time I, I turn it on. Actually that's <laughs> not true. I I really don't like the wonderful one oh one more. I think that's way worse. That's your metric. That's I guess
1: so for for bad Wii U games it is so on a scale of Mirror Moon to The Last of Us how would you rate Sonic
0: I mean it's functional at times it's definitely not Mirror Moon I think it's gonna fall somewhere in the in the twos or the threes maybe maybe that have to I I have a feeling I only have a few levels left and it's getting more annoying not less annoying uh, so we'll see how it goes We'll we be seeing a video review perhaps. I think that this will be the first one, though, where I'll be able to make that work. Uh, we'll we'll give it a try and and see how it goes. Now you have to make it
1: work because I brought it up.
0: Yeah, well, I, I sure do. So yeah, we will. There you go. Here, I'll commit <laughs> to it. I'll just to show you my dedication. We will put up a video review for Sonic Lost World, where I basically lose my mind while I talk about the game. So we'll try not to, to that. Be so angry. I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm just really mad. Keep calm. I'm just really 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 carry on. really pissed off that uh that I bought this and that I keep and the thing is is like there are sonic fans that are going to buy this anyway and it's just like oh. what I was talking about when you were 8 like you weren't having fun you just convinced yourself you were having fun trust, trust me that that your alternative review wouldn't have been much better it's, <laughs> it's it's league of legends you know you're not having fun we both know it you're just you've just convinced yourself that you're having fun <laughs> wow
2: you're having
1: bad, wrong. Fun. I think I'd still rather play Sonic than League of Legends.
0: I mean, yeah, you know, like it's a game. <laughs> I guess if you if you were eight, you would probably find it to be pretty spectacular. It looks great. That is that is one thing I can definitely say for it. Um, It's kind of sad that it has frame loss. I don't know why it's framey. Uh, It shouldn't be framey, (laughs) but it is. And you know what? I I hear that's how everything is now. If it's uh, not on the PC, it's framey. Like people are saying that PlayStation 4 launch games are having pretty good frame loss. And the Xbox One, apparently all its games, not all the games are running at 720p. And I don't know, nothing works. Everything's terrible. It's the second sign of the apocalypse.
1: <laughs> it's one of them.
0: I mean, I think they just Right, the second.
2: Right, one of the
1: second. <laughs> it's second. They're just trying to oversell <laughs> the power of the consoles. they It always just bugs me when the companies come out and they're like, "Oh, we've look at all these teraflops and it's like, you know, you know what dude, your your main strength here is going to be games. So why don't you just why don't you just compete with you know other companies games because you're not gonna come out and say look how powerful our console is because that doesn't matter because it's never gonna be as as tough as you know some big dream built machine that's you know a supercomputer and can run everything at ultra quality and i don't know it, it just seems like they're, they keep trying to compete with like pc in terms of power and they might win in the first couple months but i mean it's already behind like it's already lost
0: but you know, you, you pretty much said it right there. Like, it's really just about games in, in the grand
1: scheme of things. There, um, there's like a little, um, there's sort of a, I don't know if it's a meme, but it's, it's a common thing. And there's a lot of pictures where it shows somebody saying, PlayStation and Xbox players saying, oh, the Wii sucks. Look at the graphics. It's all shitty. And then a PC guy comes by and says, now look at your Xbox and playstation the graphics suck compared to pc and they're like the graphics don't matter it's all about the games and that's just kind of how it really works though because people keep fighting over whose system is most powerful and it just doesn't really matter ultimately well and it's why it's why if you go back
0: and look at almost all the past generations the system that won the the war at the time uh was almost always the uh less powerful system you know the, yep. the playstation 2 was uh was underpowered and it's the best selling console ever so anyway video games pretty good pretty sonic good. sonic nice. a-, a plus uh can I, can i say No, i'll save it for the video review i was gonna say one more thing about sonic but i can't just say everything here otherwise what's the I point think, of a video
3: i think you're angry enough no, this
0: one's this one's funny, but I will just yeah, I won't worry about it. It doesn't really matter because Jay's just gonna get angry anyways about black flag. He's not mad about it. He loves it. <laughs> not from what I've been hearing. That would be your cue to talk about <laughs>
3: it. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about black flag. <laughs> now we black, are, yes. Black uh, flag. Is, okay. it, is it racist that we what gave place? you black flag? It's not racist that you gave me black flag because there's like next to no black people in it. No, that's not true. There's slaves everywhere. They just don't do anything. Well, what good are they? Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Do I begin? <laughs> All right, so I guess, I guess what I can say about this game is if you're a huge super fan of Assassin's Creed and you really want another Assassin's Creed game, uh, stay away from Black Flag. If you are a fan of pirates in the Caribbean and you want your very own pirate simulator, then Black Flag might be the game for you. It's got a lot of issues, a lot of issues. And the the start of the game, it's like there were all these complaints about Assassin's Creed 3. You know, there were complaints about the tailing missions and about the glitches and, you know, about the forced stealth and this and that. And they didn't really get in my way that much when I was playing Assassin's Creed 3. But it almost feels as if they took Black Flag and they said, oh, yeah, we're going to address all the problems we had in Assassin's Creed 3 by uh, doing more of that. that's what black black feels like. I guess the big thing about the Assassin's Creed, you know, the overarching kind of connecting thing, like there's always something, you know, like, why are all the Mario games Mario games? Because they star Mario. Why are all the Sonic games Sonic? games Because they star Sonic. So the Assassin, it's like, you know, you want to see what the deal is with him or her, whatever it might be uh how do they join the order you know how do they get their skills et cetera et cetera and this game doesn't really bother to explain any of that it's like here's this pirate his name is edward one day he encountered another assassin he killed him and took his robes and there you go the game starts and spent a lot a lot of time kind of lost in the game kind of exploring you know random shit and just going where the game tells you you're like i I spent a lot of the first couple of sequences confused as to what i was supposed to be doing you know and, and the missions were boring It was like, you know, here's a training course, show us your assassin skills uh, that Edward mysteriously has. And I guess I spent the first hour or so kind of hating the game. And then I finally got my ship, the Jackdaw. And that's when the game started to open up a bit. When you finally get out at sea and you're able to attack other ships and you're able to start the shark hunting missions and treasure hunting and diving and all this other stuff, then... The game opens up and gets really good, but the the the, assass- the actual assassin stuff is all very draining and kind of a pain in the ass to deal with. Well, we'll so, keep us
1: up to date on our good friend Desmond. I mean, he does something interesting, right? Because everybody loves the Desmond parts.
3: <laughs> but, when and Desmond Desmond, Desmond, Desmond died? Desmond died in
1: Assassin's Creed Three.
3: All right. Well, there's there's that for you. Uh, but they bought him back in four.
1: Wait, wait. I played Assassin's Creed Three, and I don't even remember that. Are you you being serious? Well, I I did mention before that I care so little about the Desmond story that I'm (laughs) practically like, I'm like on autopilot all the way through. I barely remember anything.
0: So since since we already ruined it, let me remind you how the Assassin's Creed 3 ending plays out. Uh, Desdemona, uh, he goes into the magic cave uh, that you've been trying to get into, and he rubs the lamp and the alien comes out and she says... And she says, hey, good news, I can stop the solar flare that's going to destroy your world, but slight catch, you're going to have to uh, be my slave forever, and so will humanity. And Desmond's like, well, I don't want to do that. And she's like, fine, solar flare destroys your world. And he's like, well, I don't want that either. And the game kind of makes it seem like it's leading you to a choice where, like, you're gonna pick what to do, uh, but then Desmond just goes ahead and decides for you and, like, slams his hand on the button, like in Deal or No Deal, and uh, then he <laughs> then he collapses dead.
1: I do and then the vaguely remember <laughs> and then the something like roll. that, but it's kind of fuzzy.
3: <laughs> I don't think his dad okay. ever hugged him. So uh, yeah, okay, so and uh, you had to say his dad never hugged him. Here's the thing: yeah. I don't think he did. Uh, so, did he? So, so, oh god. No, Let's, they, they okay. talked, but they
1: didn't really hug. They didn't get out. He didn't get that hug. Listen, I'm just saying the last thing I remember yeah. from Assassin's Creed 3 is is Connor pulling the hatchet out of the log. Right. But that's it. So let's go, let's go let's go back <laughs> to the beginning. Let's
3: just, let's assume people listening to our podcast right now have never heard of an Assassin's Creed game. Let's assume they're like Michael and they don't know anything about the series. So well, I assassin's think I know it Creed, all now. <laughs> assassin's Creed is about this ongoing war from the dawn of humanity until our fucking end between the Assassins and the Templars. And the Assassins are the quote unquote good guys who believe in true freedom, and the Templars are the quote unquote bad guys who believe in order and power. And this war has been going on for centuries and centuries and centuries. And the way the game designers chose to anchor in that story was through this character named Desmond, and Desmond's a modern day result of two assassins that got together and fucked and had him as a child and tried to train him to be an assassin. And he was like, "No, mom and dad, I don't like being an assassin. I'm going to run away and become a bartender." And he went and fucked things up. And then you know the Templars got a hold of him, and the assassins got a hold of him again. And basically every game, with the exception of Liberation, you're going through Desmond's. Um, genetics and digging through the memories of his ancient ancestors. So, you know, in each game, what happens is you have the past storyline where you're playing the actually interesting shit where you're the assassin and you're seeing the Renaissance and you're seeing the pirate times and you're seeing the war of independence. And then the game pulls you out of it and sucks you back into the modern day storyline. And you got to put up with Desmond and his bullshit. And that's the quick notes version of what Assassin's Creed is.
2: I was going to say about all I know is that nobody likes him.
3: (laughs) No one likes him because you got to consider, you got to consider this, you know, the characters, the assassins, for the most part, they're super interesting characters. They like have a goal in mind, you know. In certain cases, like Ezio, uh, they're super charismatic. You're interacting with all these historical figures. Like the one thing I did really love about Black Flag is seeing all these pirates that I studied when I was younger. You know, like Anne Bonny and and Blackbeard and all of them. And all of this shit is super interesting. And then you're sucked back into the modern day storyline, and Desmond is basically crying because Daddy didn't love him enough. You know, you got to realize Desmond is categorized in the same slot that these other characters are, and he's the fucking pussy. So what is there to like about him? <laughs> I mean, well, sir, I think that's. Kind of
1: the best I gotta. Thing. I have to take this opportunity while we're on this Desmond hate train to mention <laughs> that one of the things that bugs me most about the desmond sections are you don't even feel like the world he's in is tangible because he's always all of the desmond sections always take place in like a cave or a safe house somewhere that's like locked away from humanity so you don't even know like what would it be like if i walked outside would i actually see people and buildings and cars i don't know because i've never been outside of an enclosed room before (laughs) Well, it sounds like you tuned well, out for a lot of three because, like, you go to the <laughs> you go to the wrestling match. Yeah, and... but nobody goes to wrestling matches.
0: I, that is like an enclosed. Uh, you, I think the way to yeah. illustrate the problem with the Desmond plot line because it could work just fine. But basically, here's here's how you can imagine this: Imagine the King's Speech that that movie, the King's Speech. Except at the end, instead of getting really good at giving speeches and delivering a good speech, uh, the King says one sentence, "Okay," and then he dies. <laughs>
3: Well, no, this is. This is I, I think I think Jason kind of hit upon it because I think the other thing that really clashes beyond just the storyline and the character um, is the gameplay. The Desmond sections almost never feel like you know the rest of the game. He doesn't feel like this awesome assassin he's supposed to be, and it's like, yeah, I'm digging in my ancestors' memories and getting their skills, but. I'm still pretty much a little bitch. And um, what they do this time is they make you uh, an employee for Abstergo. And Abstergo is basically a front for the Templars. You're essentially some kind of strange hybrid video editor slash play tester who's digging around through the memories of Edward Kenway. And you find out at some point between three and four, Abstergo got Desmond's body and they kept on extracting his memories. And you're still forced to deal with Desmond's BS because all his old friends have infiltrated Abstergo. And, you know, you're buying his little voice memos everywhere. And his voice memos, every time you listen to one, uh, his voice memos are literally complaining about his dad not hugging him enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is like Bioshock if all the audio tapes we had like Desmond. It's like, oh, God. So the hug returns then. So <laughs> the hug returns. <laughs> So, I mean, it's
3: like, I guess, I guess the modern day in Black Flag isn't as bad as some of the previous modern day stuff, but it's, it still definitely kind of pulls you out and still feels unnecessary. I think, I think everyone was a little disheartened to hear modern day was back in Black Flag, especially since it wasn't really there in Liberation. You kind of had, you know, an indication that the modern day was still going on through a hacker who was messing with the simulation, but uh, in Black Flag, it's definitely, yeah, we're here in Montreal in 2015 or whatever fucking year it is. I don't get you because,
0: like, what you're describing to me sounds like Assassin's Creed 3 where, like, you know, the the free roam stuff is fun, but the storyline and the the required plot
3: missions suck. Like, that's the same problem that 3 had. (laughs) I think, because I think the thing with 3 is, I don't know, maybe I had a different perception of it. Maybe it was a little easier, but um, 3 didn't force the same kind of requirements like like black flag forces a lot of kind of artificial difficulty in its missions and i don't feel like three did that and i felt like three also did a pretty good job of being varied in its missions so i understand that everyone was disappointed you know with the big war between the colonies and the british because they had seen this huge FM, this huge cinematic of connor running through with feel like a badass and it was basically a very scaled down version of that and i understand that could be disappointing but you know it was it was at least different from the other missions and then you're on Paul Revere's ride, rides so you're going on a horse from town to town and then you have the homestead missions where you're rescuing an individual in a different way and having them come back to your little plot of land and building up stuff there so i think there was a lot of variety in assassin's creed 3 missions and black flag does not have that it's i, I guarantee Every single on land mission is going to be Edward has to tail some subject. He has to find them. He has to tail them. That's the mission. That's it. And you and there's an absolute stealth requirement where you have to be quiet. Assassin's Creed Three, I remember definitely did not have that. You know, no, I think there's at I least think, one mission in Assassin's Creed Three where it hasn't. I I would say I, yeah. there's a few. I, um, I, no, there's, there's a few, but it wasn't every single mission like Black Flag does. Sure, Black Flag has this has a stealth requirement. Every single mission. And uh, I think the other thing about Black Flag that you have to remember, it's like Edward makes really good pirates. So, yeah, he's loud and he's brash and explosive and all this exciting shit. And it's like, no, now you have to be quiet. You know, now you have to sneak up on these guys after blowing up a fucking fort in the middle of the ocean. And, it, you know, it just doesn't feel right. It feels extremely forced. And Assassin's Creed 3 didn't do that. I remember in Assassin's Creed 3, uh, the stealth kind of being a lot more optional than it is in Black Flag.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're probably right. Um, I I know that there are definitely some some missions in three where they forced it on you, but but I, I haven't played four, so obviously I don't know the scope of just how much that's increased. That is disappointing because they were objectively the worst parts of Assassin's Creed three because it's not a stealth game. Like that series has never been a stealth game. It's the, there was like elements of stealth, like blending in with the crowd and things like that, but. It's always, you know, culminated in like these bursts of action and then you escape and you hide. It's never been, you, you know, like follow
1: that man and look at him. Look <laughs> at him good. Well, <laughs> maybe not. this is just because it's the sort of thing that I always look for in a game like this. I, I'm always looking to go for whatever stealthy way there is, even if it's almost contrived. So, like in Assassin's Creed 3, I thought hiding in bushes was like a huge upgrade because I actually got a lot of usage out of that and i heard that in black flag there are upgrades like to the eagle vision so you can actually see through things and tag enemies and you can also like whistle from around corners which is kind of like standard splinter cell stuff but i feel like it would probably be helpful for doing the stealth in black flag and
3: that's and that's that's true and those are some good upgrades but it would be great if you know there wasn't this requirement Practically every mission in Black Flag. Well,
1: well, and you're also saying you're also talking about tailing, which I agree. I think tailing is just always shitty because it's so boring mm. and, and annoying when you lose it. And
3: yeah, and and not only that, it's like tailing is supposed to give you chunks of the storyline, and you're not paying attention to it because you're 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 more concerned with tracking down the character that you're supposed to be following. So it's not it's just not an effective tool. I think um I think just some of my other criticisms of it. It's like it feels like there's a lot of artificial difficulty in Black Flag. So it's like it'll give you a mission parameter, and it feels like they made it close to impossible to complete before scaling it down a little bit. Is, I that, think, the, is that the side objectives or the optional objectives? It's not even the side objectives even, anymore. I'm, like, talking about, you know, you'll infiltrate a compound, and you'll look at the guard setup, and you're going to be like, well, how am I supposed to get past this setup without affording at least one guard? You can't do it. You know, I think, I think one mission that really sticks out in my mind was an at-sea mission where... I believe there was a stealth requirement at sea with your big kind of bulky boat. And you couldn't be detected by enemies. You had to chase down another ship. It was like there was fog everywhere. There was a storm going on. It's like they just put in all these parameters that made the mission a lot more frustrating than it kind of needed to be. There's And there's quite a few missions like that where you feel like they just, you know, threw in all this shit on top of it just to make the mission extra hard. And it's, you know, it's not necessary. I will say that as as painful as the storyline missions are, At least the stuff at sea tends to be a little bit more buried than all of the on-land missions are, which are just tailing. So sometimes it'll be like, you need to take the ship, or you need to go diving for such and such. So those at least feel a little better, because it's definitely a better pirate game than it is an Assassin's Creed game. But other than that, it's a a frustrating
1: experience. We'll Mm. just see if it's enough to deter even a fanboy like me. I'm very
3: curious as to what you're going to think of this game.
1: I'll I'll definitely
3: still play it like you haven't
0: steered me away from it, which as much as I talk about not liking 3, like, it's still... I still like it. I'm like a battered housewife. Like, I just... I still... I don't want the cops to take him to jail. He didn't mean to, to do some of the tailing missions that he did. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree, though, that that's always the worst part of a game. Like, I think about, like, Grand Theft Auto, the missions where you have to follow someone. You know, it's just great. It, it's not It's not fun because it's never... It's not binary like you're you're never running as fast as you can or just, you know, at a halt. You're you're like in this weird middle area where like, oh, I have to drive kind of slow and it's the same in Assassin's Creed. Like, oh, I need to follow this guy kind
1: of slow and it's like an MMO where somebody wants you to follow them somewhere, but walking is too slow and running is too fast. <laughs> like people didn't like the chases in Assassin's Creed
0: 3 because they were they were pretty difficult. Uh, and they didn't let you like veer off of a particular path. But I like those a lot more than the tailing missions because at least like it was full blown. Like I'm just going like let's go do something and it's exciting. It's not like there's there's no intrigue to it. It doesn't it doesn't work for me. I feel like you never have real. to stop and wait
2: around while the guy buys onions and then he carries on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like somewhere yeah. along the line, didn't they make pickpocketing sort of harder than it needed to be? I seem to remember that in the first Assassin's Creed, pickpocketing was just like super easy. Like you just basically just walk right into somebody's ass and it's a success.
0: I think you always had to hold uh, on the Xbox. It's B. I think you always have to hold B when you walk into someone. I don't remember it being any more difficult in three. Maybe people were more easy to alert. It's been a little while since I played. I haven't haven't really messed around with it for a while. But,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, you asked me. What it would take for me to think Black Flag wasn't a great game? Oh no, but it's, I think I think my question to you was,
3: what would it take to disappoint you in an Assassin's Creed game?
1: Well, I mean, in every Assassin's Creed game, I'm always a little disappointed at some little bit of it. But the good thing about Assassin's Creed is it tends to be so large in scope that even when, uh, as Jared said, you you know you're being battered, there's always like. They're, the grass is always greener. You just have to wait it out. You gotta get go through that one little beating, and then it always gets better. But I don't feel like any Assassin's Creed game has ever necessarily been like a five out of five for me. But there's oh, al- they're always like a solid four out of five, maybe like I a think, high four out of five. I think two
0: is easily a five. I think I think two is as close to a perfect game as we came in the last gen. Like it is. I I can't think of anything wrong with it that I would complain about.
1: And of course, in Brotherhood, they just ratcheted up considerably by letting you you know have your own den of assassins which was just mind-numbingly amazing
0: yeah brotherhood was just as good it just lacked the scope would be my only complaint like two had you know all these different zones that you could go to and all these places whereas brotherhood just had the one city it was it it was it definitely felt just like an expansion to two than
1: anything else and it made sense that Ezio had a little bit of assassin skills because before he even becomes an assassin he's like scaling walls and climbing through girls windows to fuck them and nice i mean i think i think they always find a
3: reason to give a character some kind of assassin skills before they actually become an assassin it's like you know connor's mother climbed trees for no reason and um you know even edward it's like he's climbing the galleys to you know the ships and all that i think the disconnect comes for me where like Edward has kind of all of the assassin skills up front, the hidden blades and all this other stuff, and he's just perfect at assassinations despite being a pirate all his life. And it's like you know their only excuse, their only excuse is literally this line. They literally, he literally says it comes natural, and that's their entire <laughs> excuse for the whole thing. And I've, I just wasn't buying that. To be <laughs> <I wasn't> fair, <laughs> that's be,
1: that's always been the excuse for like the eagle vision, which is always kind of it's. It has this air of almost magic to it to begin with.
3: Yeah, but I think Eagle Vision's fair. Eagle, it's like Eagle Vision's supposed to be genetic. That's supposed to be the big skill.
1: Well, as you. I recall, the game
3: does have magic, doesn't it? It well, has aliens. Not, not really. It, oh. They're not aliens either. It's like <laughs> there's, there's an ancient ancient civilization before mankind. They actually, I guess, created human beings and enslaved them. Um, And all the technology that the assassins find and that Desmond finds and all this uh, blah, blah, blah. Well,
1: basically, basically, any of time you hear about magic in Assassin's Creed, because one thing that the game does try to do, albeit in a sort of Hollywood way, is it does try to dig into history and just, you know, dig up tons of facts and just throw them into the game so that you can sort of enjoy that time period in a casual fashion. But then, you know, mm-hmm. the parts from Assassin's Creed's, uh, Assassin Creed's actual plot is... Um, you know, everybody's tracking down these pieces of Eden, which,
3: yeah, um, there's always a MacGuffin that you have to track down. And, and, you and just that's what period.
1: seems to have like magical power, but it's probably more of like a technological thing where it's, I mean, I don't know how it works, but it it's, it's advanced technology minds. to the point that it might as
3: well be magic. That's what it is. Yeah. It's
0: it, it's interesting because it's a piece that lets you go from fighting the Pope to talking to a Prothean. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And Forerunner,
0: whatever. What are we calling them?
3: (laughs) What are they called? The before uh, people. Civilization or something or the other. (laughs) But I mean, I guess. In a galaxy far, far away. But see, you said something interesting there. (laughs) I like Black Flag, the thing I love about it so much are the pirates. It's like, I feel like it took a little bit of artistic license this time, which they don't always do. I guess it did a little bit in Brotherhood. But um, Assassin's Creed 3, they definitely didn't take as much license with the historical figures it's like that was pretty straightforward yeah this is what they're known for uh assassin's creed uh black flag are definitely playing with the pirates a lot more you know and they're very interesting to watch and the guarantee of each assassin's creed game is you want to start as an assassin you're going to interact with all these historical figures, and then the end of the game is going to start to fall apart a little bit as you get closer to the artifact that you've been tracking the whole game. And it's just like, oh yeah, let's rush the ending and here's magic and here's the personalization, and all this other bullshit that we didn't bother with the entire game.
0: You guys oh. you guys remember in in three that mission where you chopped down the cherry tree with George Washington?
1: Yeah, yes. Remember that. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. dope. It's very yeah. accurate. So- Yep. It, do, it does that a lot though it'll have these very historical accurate scenes but then it's kind of like uh, but you sort of slipped in in between this and you get to, yeah you know, yeah just, yeah takes and every black single black, thing it, you you would have learned about in like elementary school and just sort of inserts the assassin into it yeah and like
3: I, I think i think I think assassin's creed 3 was a little better than black flag at it because at least connor wasn't too concerned with what was going on it's like yeah so you guys go do your thing and i'll go do my thing but but in a uh, black flag Edward is definitely at the head of all of these pirates' life. It's like, he's the one that got Blackbeard killed. It's like, you know. So. Oh, so now you've spoiled that, too. I did spoil that. Uh, Black, Black Bear dies, unfortunately. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> most of the pirates die. I, hate I to mean, spoil you know, it. they're all dead already, so spoiler <laughs> alert. I, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, do it, I, it, I don't know if I have to mark that as a spoiler yeah. or not. I think Assassin's I think Creed 3 and Black Flag are both in the same boat. Like, Can you really spoil that? We know how this ends. We know how things ended for the Native Americans in Assassin's Creed 3. We know how things ended for the pirates in Black Flag.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess fair enough. Those poor pirates. Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking, oh. of, speaking of spoiling things, I know what we can spoil. An old game. Okay, <laughs> there we go. How does okay. that sound? Go, go, go ahead because
2: of uh where i was at life this year i really didn't play a whole lot of games until just recently so jared is having me get caught up on a lot of the uh potential game of the year nominees and the first one i started out with is bioshock infinite and i have to specify i didn't play the original bioshock very much i think i played it for a couple hours i had other stuff on my plate that was captivated me more so i really didn't know what to uh get into or what i was getting into with this game except that you know i i kind of knew it was set in the past and there was magic but they don't call it magic and that was about it so what
0: did did you think
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right it has an amazing opening one of the best i've ever seen and a pretty good ending and i really didn't enjoy anything in between those two things (laughs) So in other words, it should have been a movie. Ah. Yeah, well, that's
0: that's a hard call to make. <laughs> it's too it's too long. There's too much to it. Like uh, like you you talk about spoiling Bioshock Infinite, and I, I don't know that you can in like a one word. Like it's it's a game that I guess I can think of one I, way to spoil three it. Three words, but, but it wouldn't make any sense is the thing. You'd have to play it a little bit, yeah. But Jason has no intention of playing the game, right? Oh yeah, spoil it, baby. So, so the, I think the, I think the three words that you're thinking is Booker is Comstock, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but that still doesn't even cover like the whole scope of it. Like Elizabeth is your daughter. Split timelines. You're drowned, but you're not drowned. And there's a there's a lot to it to that whole mindfuck ending. Yeah, but so much of it just I really
2: just didn't care. Like when they when they did the big reveal that uh, you. You potentially could be, you know, Comstock. At first, I kind of groaned. I was like, "Ah, so that's, that's the big reveal. But then when I thought about it, went back to, you know, like the Hall of Heroes and all that. It actually does play out pretty well. It's just I really didn't have fun getting there. The whole middle story is underwhelming and not very engaging. And the game doesn't it's not that exciting
0: to play. You know, it's like it's a shooter, but not a whole lot is going on. It's not. Um, it's not a very tightly controlled shooter. Like it doesn't. No. I I, I don't know if you found this at all, but I, I actually found what helped a lot was uh, changing the controls around a little bit, uh, so that the left trigger, rather than doing vigors, would uh, zoom the gun in, and mm. and that that lets you lock onto people a lot easier. I think by default, zooming the gun in is a you know, like aiming down the sights is a stick click. I want to say. Yeah. Like it's like R right three. Like yeah. Um. That. That's shitty. Like, you, you don't you don't want to do I, that. I
3: played it on PC, so I didn't really have any problems with controls like that.
0: I honestly feel like that made a difference because I wasn't really having a ton of fun in the game until I kind of fixed the, the controls for it and made it made it more Call of Duty-esque, I guess you could say, like make it control more like a standard traditional shooter.
2: Yeah, I could see that making it easier to play. Although I think the biggest problem I had, which was emphasized in the last, the last encounter of the whole game where you finally get to control the songbird and you think it's going to be kick-ass and awesome and it totally sucks balls because you have to guard that stupid power outlet. Mm. But I think the biggest issue I had is that I spent probably a good half of all my combat encounters being shot by enemies who
1: I don't know where they are.
3: I, see, I don't, I don't know that I had it. I, I don't. I don't really
0: remember shot. that being a big issue for me either. Is there yeah, not exactly.
1: a uh, usually in first-person shooters or at least modern ones? There's like a damage indicator, like a little pie slice, if you will, that sort of shows you what direction the shot that you got hit with came from. Is there not any of that? And
2: there, there is, but I can never find anybody that way. You I didn't play it anything. on like a
0: on like a 15 inch TV or something, did you? <laughs> no, I mean it's not a huge TV, but I mean it hey, just, it's it seems like every
2: time I would go somewhere. I would show up, I'd shoot the guy who was directly in front of me, and then there would just be a guy behind me who's shooting me, and I turn around and have to look around for him, and sometimes he's up on a ledge or sometimes he's just See, not anywhere.
3: Thought, if anything, I would think that the game erred a little closer to easy, especially once you got Elizabeth who go ahead and tracks down everything you could ever possibly want. Oh, she's such a deer in that regard. <laughs> Seriously she's she's actually
0: probably i think the the best part of the game just in the sense that like she's she's never in your way she never impedes your progress yeah uh, very much so she doesn't really serve as a necessary mechanic or anything like that but it's nice to have uh, she's kind of like Ellie in The Last of Us where it's just this this person that follows you that you kind of grow attached to um well, if you ever looked at any of the development stuff, it seems like they focused a lot of their time on
3: making sure Elizabeth worked well.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they spent so. more time on her than probably anything else. And I guess that's one of the problems that I have with Infinite, which is that a lot of it feels like it's not done. Like, there's the choices. Mm. You know, what, what do you want to do? You want to throw the ball or not throw the ball? You want the cage or the bird? Which would you pick? And as far as I know, I never really went back to check, but as far as I know, none of those choices mean anything. No, they,
3: well it's it's because the game is supposed to present you with the illusion of choice and I think that was their active decision on the part of Infinite. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it worked is another thing but it's like, you know, they basically the moral that I took away from it was Booker was on a predetermined course of events. So no matter what he chose, no matter what he did differently, um the twins and Elizabeth would guide him towards this particular fate. Each and every time, and ensure that that fate happened. I feel like I feel almost as though all the Bioshock games are built that way, where it's more you're a character that's not in control of your own life, or you have the illusion of choice, but it doesn't mean shit because all these other players are responsible for what you're going to do.
2: That makes that, uh... that
3: makes sense. I can see the argument, and I like it, but at the same time,
0: it it feels like an excuse. Like it, it feels like an an artist who accidentally like fucked up their painting. And when someone points it out, they're like, Oh, well that's to
3: represent my soul. Can you, can you really say that's true? Because they've been doing it since Bioshock, you know, when you, when you came in as, um, I forget your character's name in Bioshock, but you came in and you were under the impression you were there for one thing. And you found out that ages ago you had these, uh, commands implanted in your mind and that, you know, you were kind of fated to do all this and that you actually had no control over your actions. So sure. I mean, it's, but, it's like it almost feels like you know it's Ken Levine's thing. So I don't know that you know it's necessarily a fair argument. I like I feel I feel like what's going on is we might be a little disillusioned by other games that have given us choices and those choices didn't really matter. And you know those games are supposed to be open choice, but I feel like in Bioshock it's a lot more intentional than it's a, you know than some of these other games that do it.
2: Well, and the lack of choice really didn't bother me. I don't think a game has to
0: give you choices and multiple endings to be a good game. It's just I don't th- I don't think it does either. But I think that if it's going to present them to you, uh, yeah, exactly. If it's there going should to be a reason, and I I don't know what you're describing sounds very art house mirror moon kind of shit. Like,
3: <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what Ken is. You know, that's what that's what he that's what he likes. I, it, you can't tell that from the ending where it's like lighthouses everywhere and blah blah blah. It's like you know, just that just feels like the type of guy he is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I will say a lot of what led up to the ending was kind of heavy-handed and I didn't care for, but
0: <laughs> I um it was it was a really hard section of the game with me and I I wouldn't really describe it as fun, but the uh the Lady Comstock shit is uh is yeah. fu- fucking awesome. Like I I love all that. Like like I said it, the problem with this game is that you can see the seams sometimes. Um mm-hmm. is it the the Boys of Silence, the Brothers of Silence, Boys to Men? Yeah, well, yeah, Boys to Silence I think is about right. Isn't it the, like the, the Boys to... The KKK? So Boys to Men, they've got these helmets on and, and with the ear things. And they posted even in like developer diaries about how they were supposed to work where like they'd come hunt you down, but they couldn't see you. They could only hear you. And I was really dreading encountering those guys uh, because I'd seen all that stuff about it. And so it was really disappointing when I did encounter them and they were just glorified like spotlights
3: uh, oh, I mean, they oh, were still those terrifying guys. because at that point in the game, they stripped you of, you know, any way to really get weapons or resources. So still kind of fucked me up. But um, yeah, I, mean, I can understand just- that. I, I mean, I do. I do agree. There are certain ge- there are certain points in the game that I feel like needed to be expanded upon. Like the the Daisy Fitzroy stuff fell, fell apart to me because she was a really interesting character and the box really interesting. And they kind of sped that along a little too much for my taste. I guess I can see that the actual gameplay could have benefited from a little bit more variety, but I guess it didn't really bother me. I,
0: um, I mean, the Skyhooks were a nice addition. The, the shooting's not great, but it's never really been great. Uh, like I said, you can tweak the controls a little bit and make it a little more action-packed and, and a little more fun. Um, I think that, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm stupid. And I just was like the, the whole time I was really like wondering I was really invested in it because I'm like what the fuck is going on and i'm I'm very excited to like see what's gonna happen next and and see what's going on but apparently everyone else figured out all the twists and all the beats before me and uh, and had a miserable time because of it but the entire time that- the, the shit with the gunsmith when you find him dead and you and you go through the tear and you know all that stuff. The, the whole game, I'm like, I gotta see what's what the hell is happening here. And uh, that, that didn't I do a whole like...
2: lot for me. But I will say, like, you know, I I kind of knew there was a big twist at the end of uh, the original Bioshock. So I was kind of trying to figure out what it was the whole time. And I never really picked it up.
0: But I didn't even pick it up until the last. Uh, I have a lot of friends that that would tell me that they like figured it out. You know, when you drown him in the bath or the bird bath or whatever. I didn't. I did not even consider it as an option. I don't know if it's because I don't pay attention. Again, I don't. Maybe I'm dumb. But like until the last line of that game, I hadn't even considered it. Really, you know, maybe it's also just the nature that I like to consume stuff. Like if I, if I know that something has a twist, I'll I'll actively try like not to guess what that twist is because I I don't like that. I don't like sitting down in front of a a movie and being like, wait till you. I, I have a couple movies where on the back of the box, it's like, you won't believe this twist ending. And that fucking drives me nuts. Cause I don't want to, now I'm going to sit down and the whole time I'm going to be like, he's really a woman. He's a bank robber. He's uh he's dead. Oh, he's been dead the whole time.
2: Yeah. That's kind I, of thing is when you're, when you're expecting the twist, it just, it's less fun.
0: Even if you don't see it coming. But Although I think, it works. See, that might go ahead. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> Somebody say something.
0: I, I was going to say it. Um, this is so off topic, but there was a movie that came out uh, a little while ago called a, a few years back. Called the Lookout with uh, with Joseph Gordon Levitt and Jeff Daniels, and he he plays a, a kid who's lost his memory. Kind of, I actually
3: know the guy who wrote that.
0: Well, there you go. It's actually a pretty good movie. But what's funny is on the back of the box it says you won't believe the twist ending. And I watched <laughs> I watched the whole movie. There there is no twist ending. <laughs> but in a way uh, that kind of made it better because the whole time I'm like, oh, what? He's he's really not mentally damaged. He's normal. And then at the end it just ends the way you thought it would. Well, the person responsible for writing the back of the box is different
3: from the person who wrote the movie, so no, at least there's that.
0: <laughs> I can't, I you can't say that for sure, so uh,
3: I, I, I can not say that for sure. Did you ask him already? I didn't ask him. I could ask him if you want.
0: Yeah, ask him and then tell him that he should have written the back of the box.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I to take it back to infinite, I think you know that might be part of the experience, it might be the individual takeaway because my big theory over Infinite was, you know, Booker kind of ruins everything he touches. Said now that you've finished the game, I'm more at liberty to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So originally I had said, you know, it was Daisy in the box that once he got involved with their movement, he turned them into bloodthirsty killers. But it's really everyone. It's like the more time Elizabeth spent with him, The more she kind of hated him and it's like the twins you know the twins had this big plot to ruin both booker and and comstock so they could be free of whatever so you know and then there's slate and there's all these other characters it just basically feels like every single thing booker comes in contact and uh in touch with he absolutely ruins and i think that's what i took away from it so it was like he was he's a a bad person but the game You know, if you if you if you take that away from it, he's a lot worse than the game sets him up to be, and I thought that was pretty interesting.
2: I know he was supposed to be a bad guy with wounded knee and all, but you know he just he goes so soft on Elizabeth so quickly that it doesn't really he doesn't come across as a bad guy. He comes across as like every other action game protagonist.
3: But I think that kind of well, see, I think a couple of things about Booker worked for me. I I felt like Booker was really kind of a result of his time period. It's like, you know, when Elizabeth kind of questioned the unfairness in pay between workers, like why are these workers treated differently because such and such, you know, Booker was like, because that's the way things are. I like, mm. I, I like Booker for that reason. Like, it, he felt real to me. He felt tangible. It's like he felt like one of these guys that only kind of cares about making money and, you know, will obey the status quo if he has to. So, I don't know.
2: I, they didn't, I didn't go out of their way to moralize him, which was I appreciated because everything else was so heavy-handed, like in the depiction of Comstock's fanaticism, and, man, Jeremiah Fink is probably the most one-dimensional character you could have imagined. I mean, he is like the cartoon picture of, like, an you know, 1800s industrialist that it didn't work for me. He's not a compelling villain when he is like a cartoon character. He's
0: he's yeah. a little he's a little bit of a Snidely Whiplash. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think he even yeah. has a hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, whatever. I can acknowledge the 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 game has some issues, but I for the most part, I I really enjoyed it. I like I like the setting. It's a nice change of pace. Yes. I like the I like the plot. I like the characters. I think Elizabeth is a, a great companion throughout the game, uh, and I like her. I like that it, uh, my two favorite games this year, are probably Bioshock and then probably the last of us. And one of the things that I like most about both of them is they both feature this really like strong bond between a man and a woman that never feels like it has to devolve into a relationship. Like it never, Mm -hmm. it never, uh, never starts to like, and obviously in Bioshock, there are some pretty big reasons for that. They (laughs) could have done, they could have done some pretty fucked up like old boy shit with it. Um, (laughs) But but luckily they didn't. Um, but uh, that's nice to see. It's nice to see like two main characters, a male and a female, who are who are just friends.
1: Wouldn't, and, wouldn't yeah. you rather have a game where it's like Ride to Hell, where everybody just porks, <laughs> <laughs>
3: with I, their clothes on? I mean with that has a on. that
0: has a place too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it depends on my mood for the weekend.
2: What do I want to see? Okay, before we uh, jump topics, I just have two more things I want to say about the game. Okay, go. All right. One, it does something that I hate in games where it feels like it's deliberately hindering your progress. like, I don't, not even necessarily to pad out the game, but there are so many points in this game where I've go from point A to point B and I get to point B. and It's like, well, you can't go here. You got to go somewhere else. Like you get the airship and then, you know, she knocks you unconscious or you get the airship a second time and then the songbird destroys it. It's like. Just give me something new. I don't want to have to keep going after the same target over and over again.
0: That's that's pretty common for the Bioshock series, too. Like, there's a lot of moments in... I'm thinking of two specifically, but there's a lot of moments where you'll, you know, walk, walk all the way to this place that you're supposed to go, and you get there, and it's covered in ice. And they're like, fuck, you need to go get a... Uh, plasmid to melt that ice and so now you got to walk back and go somewhere else to a different place to to find it
2: and i know it's fairly superficial distinction you know whether you walk there first or somewhere else but it just it feels frustrating every time it happens
3: yeah Well, i I think the bioshock series always has always felt kind of like an amusement park ride like you know you get in and you're here to enjoy the roller coaster and you can't really choose where you go on it it you know Mm. feels like You got to focus in on what they're pointing you to. So. Okay. And second point, and I feel this is a problem
2: that I see in uh, sandbox games more than anything. But like I said, Infinite has like one of the best openings I've ever seen. Like it really was a very engaging opening with all this setting and detail. It really, you know, engages and makes you feel like you're part of the setting. And then it never happens again. Like. Yeah, that's true. It's like developers were like, well, now that we got that in-depth opening out of the way, let's get to the real stuff. The shooting.
0: You'll, uh, you, you might want to look into the, the DLC when the time comes because supposedly the, the whole first half of the new DLC is no gunplay whatsoever. Like, um, and I I remember when I very first played Infinite. I remember taking a lot of time to walk through Columbia and like explore every nook and cranny. And yeah, exactly the um, same way. It, I I played that game for probably the maximum amount of time that you could play it before actual shooting began. No, uh, I think
3: I I think I agree with that. I think definitely every time they gave you a chance to really experience Columbia, I took my time in it and every single section. I don't, um, and I, I feel I do feel like they they definitely lose that in the second half when. Ah, uh, Columbia starts to fall apart thanks to the box and all this other stuff, and you know that's a little disappointing, but
0: a little um, bit. But I mean, there's there's the beach with Elizabeth and that and that like yeah, exactly. that you guys okay, go yeah, through. Okay, yeah, you're I
3: mean, right. Battleship
2: Falls was another it, good
0: there's piece of that. There's still some stuff that, you but, but I get what you mean where it really stops happening towards the end. But I feel like with good reason because uh, at some point it just gets so batshit insane that it wouldn't make sense to. Uh, to throw well, even
2: later, up. like when you go to the uh go to shantytown, like that would have been a great place to kind of you know build up how miserable the workers are and how terrible things are, and it's just it's a fairly hollow, uninteresting area that's just you know filler between a dungeon, fair enough, and I know they can do that good engaging type of set to explore, so why didn't they
3: well and I, think, I I think part of the i think part of it though is like. It, in addition like you got to keep in mind i know i know some of us here aren't like oh forget about story and games but i think i think ken is ken feels like he's a guy who's really driven by story you know i feel so i feel like part of the whole columbia thing was to really establish you know this is a utopia it's this it's that but i think the other the other part about the very openings of columbia it's to train you how to play the game Mm -hmm. and i think you know it's one of the 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 hands-down greatest tutorials I've ever seen in a video game. Certainly. So, It
0: also has the best rendition of the Beach Boys God Only Knows (laughs) ever. It sure does. I'm on record for that one. Uh, poor poor jason poor sweet <laughs> jason well i'll,
1: I'll make very my patient for all this i'll make my one contribution even though i don't like bioshock i will say the best part of bioshock one was at the end when you very slowly but awesomely transform yourself into a big daddy is that what you do at the end of bioshock
0: one i don't even remember yeah. it yeah,
3: yeah you turn into a big daddy
1: oh that was pretty cool fun.
0: but That's... wait are right you, you're not that big daddy in bioshock two though you're a different big daddy aren't you I don't
3: know. you're a different Big daddy i think I don't remember. I, I don't didn't know. play T, but I read up on it.
1: <laughs> so. Listen, it's kids, it's, it's it's time <laughs> yeah. to get up on that horse and ride off into the sunset. And I'm sure Jared has something very interesting to say to all of us.
0: Boy, boy, do I. So if you if you were listening to this and you're like, What negative things about Bioshock Infinite, my favoriteest game of all time? Or Black Flag. What? You told me that Black Blackbeard is dead? Well, and don't forget about the Sonic fans. I thought he was still alive. What? You didn't like Sonic, the best game series since uh, Gex, the Gecko? Well, good news for you, mister. You can tell us all these things and more uh, via a number of different avenues. And that would include writing to us an email. Uh, you just email contact at enemy dot com. You could send us a tweet if you know what those are by uh, tweeting us we're, we're at The Enemy Slime you could even go on Facebook which is also The Enemy Slime uh, you should subscribe to our podcast you should like our podcast uh, I don't mean like enjoy it I mean like click like buttons wherever you see one available uh, we're on iTunes, do all that stuff do, do you are everything. welcome to enjoy it too yeah I mean you can enjoy it I guess if you're so inclined uh, and then when you're done doing all of that stuff I want you to just sit down and wipe the sweat from your brow and just take a take a long nap because that would be better than playing sonic lost world
1: okay we're out very good there you go
0: farewell